So when somebody's calling for my help when I was a top performer, it's pretty straightforward. It's what are you doing to do this, right? And it's just, you know, this is laid out. This is what I'm doing, right? Like this is working really well. It's a pretty straightforward answer. Yeah. It's not like you're going in depth. And what I didn't have the skills of at that time is coaching per se, like my conversations were more telling or I could show, but, but more just here, this is what I'm doing. Right. So, right. Whereas now as a district manager, when I'm getting those calls, it's, it's not just surface. It's okay. So why is that happening? Why is this? So it's, it's a lot more, you know, getting to the root cause and helping those people understand, you know, and figure it out for themselves. Welcome to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. My name is Chris Thompson, your host of the show and the head coach of the Student Works Management Program. This is a show dedicated to young and ambitious entrepreneurs and ultimately the leaders of tomorrow. Each week, we will bring you an inspiring interview or message to help you create the future you know you deserve. Let's get started. Hey, leaders. Really excited to be bringing on a really, really amazing leader uh, who spent uh, four years in our program as a top performing operator, Mexico operator, four years in a row. I think in his last year, he was the, the number two operator. And then all of a sudden, really just thought about, oh, why don't I become a district manager? And gosh, are we ever happy he has. And uh, we talk about that and what inspired him, how he saw himself differently, how he sees himself differently after running an $800,000 business. And then this past year, running close to a $1.5 million business throughout and with, with the crazy pandemic and the really, really unique and powerfully different um, situations that we had with Conrad because we were running in four different provinces and there were restrictions about being able to go there. I mean, how do you start operators? when you can't train them, when you can't see them face-to-face. So we really uh, extended ourselves. We really challenged ourselves. And I'm really excited about, you know, all that Conrad has developed in the program and, uh, you know, all that he's becoming. I believe he, he'll do over $2 million. He'll break the all-time record uh, this coming season. And uh, it's just a question whether he'll hold it after, but I'm 100% confident he'll break the all-time district manager record and uh, and just just with the incredible team that he has out uh, in the uh, four eastern provinces, so you know what what I'm up to, and that is developing leaders, the leaders of tomorrow. And uh, we are in the middle of, or just getting started in our best recruiting season ever. You know, the world has been thrown this incredible challenge, and it is uh, making it really really difficult to have business as normal. And we're one of the rare businesses that, in fact, we're able to have business as normal. We've grown our business, uh, at least in sales so far, by $2 million over our best year ever. We can see totally next year, we can grow significantly again. And most businesses just are not having that opportunity. So there's a real possibility that you know young leaders who don't have the opportunities they may normally have in the economy because the economy is not what it normally is and will not be for months and months and months. I'm not sure how soon, and I certainly hope really soon. But if you know a young leader looking for an amazing opportunity to develop themselves, to develop their leadership skills, please reach out to me. You could go to leaderspodcast.ca slash apply. 
They could send me an email at chris at leaderspodcast.ca. They could go to studentworks.com. So thanks so much. I know you're going to love this podcast and, uh, and learn a lot. So have a great day. So Conrad, welcome to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. Well, thank you very much, Chris. Excited to be here, finally. Absolutely, absolutely. No, I'm really excited to have you. And, and uh, I know you've been with us a, a real long time in the program. And so why don't we sort of jump from before the program, like explain what you were like and any frustrations that you had. Yeah, so basically, uh, I actually came into the program, I was a little bit older than everybody, not old. I think I was yeah. like, uh, 20, 21, something like that. Yeah. And uh, just starting school took me a while to kind of figure out what I wanted to do. But right. basically, I had come in and I, well, I signed up like everybody else, kind of on a clipboard in a classroom, I had no idea what it was. And right. I just remember kind of going through the interview process right? and just seeing kind of, I remember Hannah did an I-1 for me, you know, Vic did my pre-interview call, Pat did my I-2 or my, my interview. And uh, I just remember seeing those people and them being kind of the same age or younger and just having so much more confidence in what they were doing. And like, they just had a, something that I was missing, right? Like, okay. you know, I, I just saw that in them and, and I wanted to get that from the program, right? There was just you know, an air of confidence that, you know, I'd kind of lost somewhere. So, so that's kind of why I really actually joined the program and what I was looking for when I did it. Okay, cool. And my story is, is that I don't know if we lose it. Who knows? I think maybe really as young children, maybe we have it, but so maybe that's true. But I think really, again, finding our confidence is really something I think that high performers have, right? In that, you know, and again, I think an awareness, so it's not arrogance, but confidence, right? Okay, I know my spot in the world. I know where I can deliver value. And so well, I know um, for four years, you were a really top performing operator, made it to Mexico every year, always won the reading week contests. I remember that, making sure that Patrick bought you dinner. Um, <laughs> on the table, I'm going to win it. <laughs> there's there's a dining opportunity conrad's gonna go take it so yes yes and that continues to the day <laughs> but what had you you know obviously you spent a bunch of time in the program but i never really saw that that it was something that you were thinking about district managing so i'd love sort of you know just your thoughts about that when did you start to think about district managing how did you see your development in the program yeah i guess it was actually just kind of just one night somebody said you'd make a really good district manager <laughs> right and then that thought just kind of stuck with me and and i guess the reason that i like before when people would ask me about it i would just go i don't see myself there I, and the real reason i didn't was just it's a lot of responsibility and i'd be responsible okay. for all of these you know students these young people you know their success would really just be based on on me right and that yeah. was kind of a scary notion and and then all of a sudden, it just something switched where it was just like, wow, you know, I, I don't really know what I want to do. And mm -hmm. there's an opportunity here for me to go learn a bunch more skills. And mm -hmm. I know all the systems, like I've done this yeah. for four years. You know, I know how to paint and, and you know, uh, sell and deal with client issues and, and all those things. And I think I was at a level two where I was just a lot more mature than when I had started out the program. So you know, I just kind of made the switch to just say, hey, look, guys, I'm interested in this. Right. And Pat was like, wow, well, I think you'd be great for it. Yeah, yeah. But it is interesting because my sense of it, Conrad, is is that 
in, you know, you were always high performing and got higher and higher performing over those four years. Right. And so I think there's no question that I think a lot of times people lose the real sense of mastery over something. And that's something that, again, I think you really got, you know, from operating is, is you became a real master operator, you know, in terms of client satisfaction, sales, you know, you had really great teams. You had, you had operators come up from your program, meaning your local operation. So all the different things that you really want to be showing to be able to run a really great business, you had those things. And then, so naturally, you know, you stepped in the district manager role and you've been performing at an incredibly high level. So it's interesting that patience and that development really matters, I think. Yeah, for sure. And guess what? If I didn't jump into that role, I'd probably still be operating today. So yes. <laughs> so I guess, you know, we had a big, big jump. You had a really, really great first year experience as a district manager. How do you see things differently, you know, after your your, you know, four years operating, then you spend a year as a district manager? How did you see things differently after that first full-time experience being being a positive one? But what, what do you see differently? Yeah, well. It's interesting because, you know, after that first year of, of being a DM, you kind of look back and you go, wow, I did it, <laughs> you know, first. Yeah. So just, just a lot of really great people and, and seeing that success. And, you know, the, the main difference, I think, is just the responsibility that you have to others rather than just yourself. So when you're operating, right. it's really just, you know, hey, look, if I don't make that phone call or I miss that you know, call or whatever, it really just has an impact on yourself. And, and yeah, there's other, you know, second and third consequences to, to, to those things. But, you know, after you become a DM, it's, it's really, you can't miss those calls or you yeah. can't neglect this obligation because that's going to have an effect on, on yourself, but also just everybody on your team. Right. Yes. So I, I think the biggest thing is just taking on that responsibility and just, you know, ending off the summer last year, just going, I just think I, I, I've come so far and grown such so much because I feel like I can go into different situations now, different companies add a bunch more value than I would have if I was just kind of the operator. Yeah. So let's dig in there because, you know, you won a, uh, an award at the banquet last year about your really high level of integrity, you know, and that's continued, you know, about staying on your stuff, you know, and being responsible and accountable again to your team, to the team at the office, to the overall team. So uh, how much of a jump for your level of integrity was there from running a 200K business to running an 800K business? You know, and the, really the question is, how much more accountable are you to other people than to yourself? <laughs> well, you know, I think there's something there that's, my thing was always, I want to look good, right? And I want to help people to see me as somebody that, that really keeps my word. So when I was running my own business, I really didn't have a lot of issues with, you know, integrity around dealing with clients or, or my guys or stuff like that. It was just more right. my integrity towards myself and my goals. You know, I ran a huge business in my last year, but, you know, I also didn't hit the goal that I wanted to hit. And that was right. Nice you know, there was, there was a bit of a lack of, of, you know, getting myself out there and keeping my word to myself. Right. But yeah, I think, you know, now it's just building off that. And as a district manager now, it's just, I, I just don't see any, any way that I, I couldn't be an integrity. Like I, right. There's just so much responsibility that I have to, to all, all the guys that I work with now to the office, to you guys. Yeah. If I was ever not to do something, well, I would just, feel horrible and yes. my business yeah. break down, right? Because yeah, that's the key thing is just being available and, and, you know, doing what I say. Right. So, yeah. 
Yeah, it's really great. And it's really great for our young leaders to get that. It's it's as you play your business at a and your leadership at a bigger level, and there's more involved, there's higher stakes of not doing it. So in some ways, it actually is in some ways easier. Like, you know, I, I guess, you know, just because the costs are so much more. So you you do it in some ways. Because I play the I play this, I, I find the same thing, meaning. You know, there's just no question I'm going to be here. Like we're, we're real early on a Friday morning having a podcast. And uh, there was no question that I was going to get up early, go walk the dogs and come have a, have a great conversation with Conrad because it would be messing up you, which would mess up your team, which would mess up our organization, which wouldn't show well, right? All those sorts of things. So it really is interesting. And in many ways as well, we do more for others sometimes than we'll do for ourselves. We'll let things slide that maybe then impact ourselves. So it's, it's fascinating. Yeah, no, absolutely. So now we've jumped into the season of 2020, which no one will ever forget. Um, <laughs> the, 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 well, the first year of the pandemic, you know, uh, we don't know how long this is going to go on for. So, you know, how did you cope with the challenges of the pandemic? And how did you see things as, as we work through those uh, challenges, uh, Conrad? Yeah, like, it's kind of strange. Like, I never really had a doubt that, you know, we were going to do well. And and I, mm -hmm. I never really, you know, as it started, it was kind of like the farther we got into it, it was just kind of, okay, wow, I can't believe it's been this long, right? I can't believe, right. I can't believe it's lasted this long. But, you know, when we first heard about it, it was like two weeks. We're going to be out yeah. in two weeks, you know? Yeah. And then two weeks would happen. Oh, they're saying another two weeks. Okay, great. So another two weeks. So yeah. it was never like um, this huge burden of, of wow, we're, we're never going to get somewhere. We're never going to, you know, be able to do something. Right. I just kind of took it as looking at it as it's going to be over. It's not going to last forever. And then right. kind of just doing what we could do while we could do it. Right. And just motivating the team to make sure that, Hey, look guys, like, you know, the world isn't over. It's not burnt yeah. the ground. Right. You know, we've got some restrictions, but we, we can't let it affect us. And, and I, right. us on a whole, you know, our team, my team, the company, you know, have mm -hmm. done extremely well working through it. Right. Cause we've had our best year yet. Right. So it's just, yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah, no, we've sold $2 million more than we've ever sold in the history of the company, I think, by the end of this weekend. So it's it really is remarkable while literally losing six weeks of, of marketing in six of the most prime weeks of the season. So it really has been just extraordinary, you know, and, and keeping, like you said, on, okay, well, what can we do? Okay, this is happening. Now, what's, what's our next available step? You know, and the steps weren't as good as they normally would be you know, zoom estimates and, you know, and no, we can't, you know, I know there were operators that you actually couldn't set up. You couldn't paint train, you couldn't develop. Like how, what was that like as a district manager and, and, and not actually being able to start jobs with rookie operators? Yeah, it was, it was pretty interesting. So for anybody that's listening, I, you know, I, I manage the East coast or Atlantic Canada. So I'm responsible for, you know, the four Atlantic provinces and there's big restrictions, you know, at, at a certain point where we couldn't travel between provinces out here, mm -hmm. especially PI. PI is just like, no way you're not coming in here. Yeah. So it was really challenging to be able to, you know, not be able to go in and start these rookie operators and uh, teach them actually how to properly run a job site or, or actually do the paint trainings or things like that. So that was really tough. And, you know, the best way that we worked through it was just, look, we've got a bunch of great people that are in those areas. Right. That operated last year. 
you know, let, let's really let them shine and give them, you know, a, just a bit of an extra role to go in and, and, and be able to train, you know, these rookies. Absolutely. So it was just fantastic to be able to have that support from them and, and just the willingness of them being able to want to, you know, come and support other people and make sure that they're going to have great summers. And I think that's also just what's really incredible about this program is just, you know, the culture that's here is, is just everybody's totally willing to support each other because we all want to see each other succeed. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. No. So shout out Dustin Taylor and Fredericton. Shout out uh, Andrew Newhook and Devin Button and uh, Jason Walsh uh, yeah. um, in Newfoundland. Aren't even, aren't even in the program anymore. Though, yeah. Those three aren't even in the program. They just came back like no questions asked. Like it's just just so amazing. Right. And again, it just speaks to the people who are, who are attracted to our business. And I think it also speaks to what great humans they are. They go, oh. This operator is really, really um, challenged right now, right? Like, oh God, that would have been really hard. On top of how hard it is to go run a business, I don't have my district manager in person showing me things. So, so yeah, it's it's just wonderful to have that level of support. So, you know, as you see it, Conrad, what do you see top performers doing differently? My like, my thing with top performers is just I just see it usually just a huge level of integrity, right? Just okay. Just them being super accountable, you know, keeping their word. Like, I, I really think that that's the key difference. You know, mm-hmm. you know, running this business isn't <clears throat> rocket science. Um, it was the first time we did it, but uh, right. you know, now that we've done it so long, we've really been able to figure out the systems. And you know, there there is that flair, personality, and and that you know, outgoingness that that really assists with you know your your client relations and just you know, just relationships in generally. But mm-hmm. Honestly, I, I just think if, if you keep your word, if you're setting your goals and you're accountable to them, you know, I think that that really is the difference, you know? Right. Well, and the other piece is, is that, you know, quote unquote, that flair personality, the charisma, the, uh, the assertive nature that some people more naturally have, like that gets created as a, as children and we decide who we want to be kind of unknowingly, but it's actually all characteristics that we can become, right? We can gain. And that's one of the things that we teach in the program. And, and certainly you're an example of that is, is that you have, you know, become someone different than the person who joined our program, right? You know, in terms of, you know, maybe you can express that and what it was like adding those things to Conrad. Yeah, well, it's, it's interesting because, you know, I, I grew up, my dad was, you know, pretty successful with business and, and had that, you know, charisma and stuff like that. So I learned a lot about how to do that. Right. Right. Uh, you know, early on, but you know, I'm, I'm not sure how many listeners know about, you know, predictive index or things like that, but basically, mm-hmm. you know, we look for, sometimes we look for a certain trait or a certain structure with, with right. predictive index. Right. And I was basically the exact opposite. So, so you right. look at mine, like super low A, so, so not very sort of, you know, lower B, not very outgoing. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's not easy to just flip a switch, right? And it takes mm-hmm. time, and it takes time to learn that. But again, like you know, from from when I started, and you know, at the beginning of this podcast, I was just talking about kind of lack of, of confidence there, and and I think lack of confidence and kind of, you know, there's a thing in landmark always looking good, right? So it's right always wanting to say the right thing, you know, always you know not wanting people to you know judge you or things like that. So, and and not that that was happening, but just basically you know, having that ability to come out of your shell a little bit, right? To yes. allow people to see you for who you are and be able to say kind of what you need to say. 
And I think that's, you know, the major thing that, that changed with the program is just being uncomfortable and learning from, right? And I, right. you know, in my first year, one of the, the one things that you had said at the January training was, if you're comfortable, you're not learning it, right? Right. And that's yes. one thing that really stuck with me through till now is just when mm. you got to make that uncomfortable phone call or, you know, when I sat down for my first estimate by myself with a client or, or yeah. you know, there was an issue on a job site. It was like, oh, wow, I'm, I'm really uncomfortable right now. And right. Yeah. That's okay. Because guess what? It's going to be more comfortable the next time I have to do this because it's not the yeah. only time I'm going to have to have a tough conversation or it's not the only yes. time I'm going to have to speak in front of a hundred people or, yeah. or, you know, wh whatever it is. Right. So, well, yeah, I think that's so great. And, you know, I remember for me as well, public speaking was something that I was massively frightened of and, and, you know, through grade school and high school and, and, uh, you know, starting as a leader in this business, you know, Hey, that's one of the things that you need to do. And really, if we think about leadership, it is one of the things we need to do. We need to be able to address others. We need to be able to speak confidently in front of others. And, you know, as Dale Carnegie says, you know, uh, or the stats are, it's it's people would rather die than speak in front of others. They're more afraid of speaking in front of others than death, you know? So it's like not very rational thinking there, but anyhow, that's how the stats work out. But, you know, ultimately, you know, I, I and I know you have become more and more and more comfortable. And so now it's, it's uh, you know, for you, I still think there's some uncomfortableness that you've shared with me. For me, there's no uncomfortableness anymore after decades of it, but it's a challenge. And, and we really become somebody different, you know, and that through the constant uncomfortableness, continue to break through. And, and again, so you are still very consultative and reserved, right, naturally, and you can totally be assertive and expressive and you know, outgoing, you know, when you need to be, you know, so it's now you have both, you know, sort of ranges or more range. And that's one of the advantages for, you know, people and our listeners and our leaders, sorry, listening, you know, gee, I'm not so assertive or I'm not so uh, outgoing. Well, that's great. There's all sorts of leaders who aren't and they gain those skill sets, just like expressive and, and outgoing or assertive people really should become more consultative at times. Yeah. They need to sort of, you know, shut the heck up <laughs> and let, let, let everybody else talk so that you can gain from the wisdom of the crowds, wisdom of your team. And it goes both ways, 100%, as you say, like, you know, last year, starting out as a DM, you just have people on your team that are, are higher A, they're more assertive, they're, they're more outgoing, mm -hmm. and they dominate those, those weekly calls or they dominate yes. conversations. And sometimes, or especially when I started out last year, it could be a little bit challenging to just go, Hey, look, that's not important. All right. Now, now you need to listen to me, but not right. sound like, you know, a total, you know, but yes, you know, that, that's definitely something that I, I've just gotten so much better at this year is just, you know, being able to just control those, those conversations and, and, you know, direct them in certain ways. Uh, mm -hmm. which I think is super important. Otherwise, you just, you don't add a bunch of value if all you're doing is, is you know, listening and, and, and not actually, you know, saying it. Providing, yeah. providing coaching. Someone's taken over the call. And again, by the way, as, as a leader in a coaching call, you want the person to talk. You want to hear. You want to, you, you want to ask lots of questions to discover. And sometimes people can hijack the call so that they're not actually getting the value they're looking at. And they're, they're, they're agitated, they're expressive, they're talking, yeah. but it's not actually creating value for them. 
So I hear you. Yeah, it's directing them, right? It's it's yes. Here's here's the end goal. This is where we want to go with the conversation, and and, and let's direct yeah. them there. But you know, the tangents don't help them. Exactly. That's exactly it. Hey, leaders. I hope you're enjoying this episode so far. Since we started this podcast, every person you've heard from has been one of the incredible alumni of the Student Works Management Program. In large part, that's how I got to meet these amazing people and participate in their development. Starting now and only for the next few weeks, we'll be on campuses across Ontario, Quebec, and the East Coast, interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down the path of entrepreneurship. If you think you have what it takes or know someone who might be interested, visit leaderspodcast.ca slash apply and start your application process today. Once again, it's leaderspodcast.ca slash apply. Now back to the episode. So what made you want to start coaching young entrepreneurs? Well, again, I, I really didn't want to until, you know, my, my last year as a, an operator, when that just kind of flipped a switch. And, you know, I was just at a point where it was like, wow, like I've done really well with this. And, and where do you go? Right. Like, it, it's always that continuous learning. And, you know, as we were speaking about earlier, it was kind of, I'd kind of ma- not mastered because you can never master, but uh, yes. just, you know, learned a lot in and out about about the business. So it was right. It made sense to go in and well, I've got a lot of value uh, to add. And and also it was just kind of, you know, I got into my my last year and I was getting a lot of calls from other rookie operators, right. other vets that were just asking questions like, how do you do this? How do you do that? Right. And it, it felt really good to add that value to them and and, and be the one that was getting those calls. And and uh, you know, I became a little jealous of other people that were, you know, able to to do that for people. So it, it just something clicked where it was like, wow, like I, I could do this really well. Like I could just, right. I see myself stepping into that role and, and being able to provide a bunch of value to these guys. And, and, and yeah, and that's what I want to do. So. Fantastic. And so what surprised you most about being a coach and a mentor, you know, at that next level? Cause obviously you were already coaching and mentoring in your own business. Yeah. Like th- there wasn't, you know, it's hard to say like what surprised me the most. I mean, I guess, not surprised, but what I found the toughest was having those hard conversations. Right. Because when you're a coach, you're not just, hey, look, this is how you do something, or this, this is, yes. how, you know, this is the business. This is what I'm teaching you. Like you, you all the, the sudden become a, a coach in so many ways to these students, right? So, right. So, whatever's going on in their life and, and just working through those situations, having those hard, hard conversations about stuff that really, you know, I, I'm I'm a bit more mature. I'm older, but have I gone through that specific thing? No. Right. Can I kind yeah. of relate and kind of empathize with those people? Absolutely. And can we work through those together? And and that was really interesting. You know, to to become involved in those conversations. Right. And that was a, a bit of a challenge as well. Right. Like just having conversations that can be uncomfortable. Right. So for sure. Well, and it's also different. Maybe you could describe to our leaders the difference between someone calls you as a top performer in the business, you know, one of the top performers of our incredibly group of top performers. How do I do this? How do I sell better? How do I market better? How do I handle these, these situations and the role of a district manager? So, you know, 
how would you describe and parse those two things? So yeah, so when somebody's calling for my help when I was a top performer, it's pretty straightforward. It's what are you doing to do this, right? Right. And it's just you know this is laid out. This is what I'm doing, right? Like yes, this is working really well. It's just it's a pretty straightforward answer, right? Yeah. It's not like you're going in depth. And what I didn't have the skills of at that time is is coaching per se. Like my conversations were more telling, or right, you know, or I could show, but but more just here, this is what I'm doing, right? So, right. Whereas now as a district manager, when I'm getting those calls, it's it's not just surface, it's okay, so why is that happening? You know, why is this what so it's it's a lot more, you know, getting to the root cause and helping those those people understand, you know, and figure it out for themselves. Right. Right. Just kind of okay. directing the conversation. And, and that's, yeah, I think that's the, the, the key difference between when I was operating now. Right. And so, yeah. So, so one of the big things is we talk in our program about the, you know, the top salespeople ask six times more questions, but actually the best coaches ask way more than six times more questions, you know, and the power of questions to really have people discover is really powerful. And the other piece as well that I wanted to highlight is as well between, you know, that support that I'd get from a veteran or somebody in the business versus a district manager is the district manager is also holding somebody accountable for the goals that they set. And that changes the relationship because at times, you know, it's like, yeah, again, there's not a boss relationship, but if you, you think about an elite coach of, of an athlete, no, we got to go run those wind sprints, you know, because you want to be prepared to win the championship game. You know, and and so there's there's that component too. Yeah. You know, so it's there's a fierceness in the relationship that doesn't exist typically. You know, it could, but typically, and again, I, unless people set them up, that's one of the reasons why I love when people set up accountability relationships, and when those accountability relationships actually have some real fierceness. You know, some real power. No, Conrad, you said you're going to do this. You're now trying to not do this you know, what, what, what's going on, you know, and okay, you're right, Chris, you know, that, that sort of accountability really works. Yeah. And, and I think the difference there is too, is that as a DM, you're actually getting these, you know, we call them leaders on here, Chris, is that? Yes. We're, leaders. We're getting these leaders to basically, you know, pick their own goals and we want, yes. you know, we want them to see that, Hey, we're just holding you accountable for what you said and what you want. Yeah. Whereas, you know, a, an operator, you know, what, most of the time you really haven't done that. So accountability partners is great and stuff, but really, Hey, look, you know, what's your goal? What's this? What's that? And then great. So I'm going to hold you accountable to that. And do you want me to be accountable to that? Great. So, so why the heck did you do that? Right? Like it's, yeah. Yeah. And again, that's powerful and, and that we don't get a lot of that in life. There's not a lot of that in life. You know, typically, you know, you call your mom, you know, I'd call my, oh, oh, it's okay. It's okay. I love you. You know, which is wonderful. You know, great that mom does that. Uh, that's what my mom would do. But, you know, it's, it's great to get, have a fierceness and have a coach who's really going to hold you accountable to see the best, the best in you and hold your feet to the fire. And again, in a great way, no negative, ne- negativity, but working with someone so that they can really uncover what's standing in their way. Hold on. I said I wanted to do that last week. Why didn't I? Okay, what's standing in my way? What? Why am I not doing what I say? And how can I keep getting better and keep getting better? Me being in integrity, doing what I say every time. Because as we talked about, that's that's one of the real keys to great leadership, right? Is the you know the people who sorry top performer top performance top performers 
they perform at a really high level because they do what they say. Absolutely. Definitely. So, you know, how do you think you've developed into being a better leader this past year? Yeah. Like, I, well, if I'm, if I'm a hundred percent honest, one, one of the things that just made me so much better this year was landmark, right? You know, a hundred percent that, that just had a huge impact on, on the way I was coaching and just my three levels as well, just went up, you know, even right. <laughs> being as high as they were, it was just you know, holding people accountable and just seeing the stories that people were writing. Right. But uh, yeah, like uh, again, just being able to ask more questions, I think is the key difference. I think this year that I've implemented and just not listening to people's, you know, BS, like just right. identifying, Hey, look, that doesn't work. That doesn't make sense. You know, mm-hmm. you see how that doesn't work. Do you see how that doesn't make sense? Right. And just digging deeper. And yeah, it's, I think it's just literally asking more questions is, made a huge difference. Right, right. And again, for our leaders, it's like someone is going to give you, well, I I, yeah, I was going to do that, but then this happened and, and then that happened and then this happened. And it's really easy to get lost in the sandstorm, you know, because one of the things people do, and especially really good salespeople <laughs> is they throw sand up in the air and it's really hard to see. And so it's really easy to get caught on the goose chase. And then all of a sudden we got away from Hey, you made a commitment last week to do this, this, and this, and you just didn't do it. Yeah. And what's the long term and what's the short term impact of that? And how is that going to impact your business? And staying really at the root, you know, that there may be a reason why something didn't happen. And that still needs to be determined. How can we stop letting, because we can be reasonable or we can be accountable, you know, and reasonable lives are just okay lives. You know, but I want to live an accountable life because that's a spectacular life if I can live an accountable life. For, for sure, for sure. Yeah, no, and it, it's just amazing because you just have so much better conversations, I think, with people, you know, when you're having them in that way, right? And, and they're really understanding that, oh, look, like, a, you know, that, that kind of is a story. That kind of is just yes yeah. that I'm giving you. That, you know, one thing this year was just, you know, last year this happened a couple times. This year, you know, it happens... So, so frequently, well, not so frequently, but, you know, just hanging up the phone and going, wow, like that was just a really powerful conversation. Right. That, that was just amazing. And you can tell that the, the person on the other line definitely hung up the phone and went, who is this guy? You know, like, you know, but just being able to, to just take those conversations farther yeah. and just, again, get right to the root. Like, no, yeah. this is what's important. This is what I'm here for, you know. Yeah. yeah. And as, as, as a result as well, your, your team gets trained as well. So your team stops giving the excuses or they say them and they say, oh, and that's just a reason. Okay. I'm just giving you an excuse. Okay. So hold on, you know, so that we catch ourselves. Right. So, um, and, and again, I'm sure, you know, uh, there, there's nobody who doesn't give reasons. There's nobody who doesn't give excuses. I, do. I still give them, you know, of course, of course. To call me out on it as well, right? 100%. It's like, ah, look at that. No, no, no. So it's, it's again, just getting back to, we put our word out. We said we were going to do something, you know, and we did, or we didn't. And it's simple as that. And, and powerful people keep their word, powerful people. Like literally it's because one of the things I, I love for people to get is, is that if what I say matters, then I change the world, right? Because then I say it's going to be ha- happening. And then it happens. 
And it just happens and happens and happens. Starts to happen in small ways because I, I do what I say with myself. Then I do what I say with a smaller team and then a bigger team. Then I impact the world, right? Like it's just, it's so powerful when people really get, you know, the power of someone's word, the power of that integrity in the word. And that's really what we, we coach and work on at a district manager level. Yeah, absolutely. And for those listening, again, like that, that's the one thing with top performers of why they're performing at such a high level because they've committed to it. You know, mm-hmm. they just go out and they, they make it happen, right? Like if yeah. you don't accept, no, I shouldn't have gone market or, yeah. you know, no, you know, I should have, I should have made calls. It was, you know, they committed to it. They went and did it. And, and, it, yeah. and a lot of, you know, what makes people successful is just the power of input. So, yeah. you know, you know, the time that you put in and the time that you commit to whatever your goals are, you know, that's what's going to get you there. And, and if you operate at a high level integrity that just allows you to go, no, look, I've, I'm going to do this, then you're going to get there every time. Absolutely. So what key habits would, would someone want to steal from you, uh, Conrad? Key habits, probably, uh, to me, it just sounds kind of simple, but just answering my phone, just I'm getting, you know, back to people on email, just yeah. being available, I think is number one, I think what, what people would wish. And, and yeah. maybe that's a bad thing because I'm always, you know, whenever it rings, I'm going to answer it, right? I don't really shut up. Right. But uh, yeah, I think that that that's one thing that I, I do really well is just just always being on, always being available to people. Yeah. And, th- and that that availability is really, really makes such a difference. You know, we call it being in communication, you know, and, and that's something as well that, you know, well, all of our district managers are strong in it. Some are just super excellent at it. And it really, in my mind is we know where your phone is, as I always like to say, where's your phone and people, you know, it's like their hands are on it. So what prevents us from picking up that phone, <laughs> you know, or again, I'm in a class, I'm in a meeting, then responding immediately, you know, like it just, you know, people then go, wow, this person is dependable. Again, this person has high integrity. They're used to, especially in the contracting world, people not returning their calls, you know? And, and so I must say for me, it's a real pet peeve when, when, when people don't, it's a real, it's a real pet peeve. And, you know, it just makes such an impact and such both ways, such a negative impact. People go, oh, I can't really count on that person. Or, wow, I can count on that person. So I think, I think you're right. I really love that we got, to, got a chance to highlight that. So Conrad, what would you tell a young person who wants to jump into entrepreneurship? What, you, what you know, maybe a key piece of advice you'd have for them? Do it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, the key piece of advice would just be, you know, like, especially when I, when I came into the program, it was, there's a lot of doubt. Like, I just remember, because there was a, a time where, you know, you get accepted into the program. And it's like right. exciting and this is great. And then there's a bit of lag time between acceptance and then all of a sudden going out and doing stuff, right? Right. And I just remember at a certain point there, it was just like, you know, just so much doubt in, in whether, you know, I could do this, if I could make this work, if I could, you know, I, there was a point I was looking over, you know, the agreement going, do I need to hire a lawyer? How do I get out of this? Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. It's just those thoughts swirling around. And, you know, guess what? I just said, look, I'm going to trust this. Right. I'm going to do it. And I did. And, and look where I'm at. Right. Like six. Years, right. Right. And it, it's just yeah. have that little bit of, of faith in yourself, you know, yeah. to it and, and just follow through because it's amazing what will happen if you follow through with stuff. 
Yeah. And it's also, you know, really great to share, you know, I appreciate the vulnerability about sharing about the doubts and the second doubts and the third doubts. And and just because that's what it is to be human. You know, again, we just, we have these thoughts that we can't do it. And again, I, you know, I think overwhelmingly in our program, we, we just accept people who have the skill set to do it. And it's just a question of, are they willing to follow through with the coaching that we provide with the system and everything that we've laid out? We have this incredible brand and we just have this incredible market awareness and acceptance. Am I willing to do the steps necessary to be successful? And that's really all I need to think about, you know, and, and, and that I just get up and go do the job that I committed to that day. And then, okay, go do it again, go do it again. And it just seems so, you know, some ways overwhelming. What do you mean I'm going to do the tens of thousands of dollars worth of business this year? Seems overwhelming. And it is incredible what each one of our operators, you know, creates. And it's not created in one moment. It's created in many, 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 many moments over months and months and months. And that's, and that's how great things do get created, you know? So it really is great. Just, you know, hey, let those you know, anytime you're having bad doubts, just let them go because they just are not serving you. And they're just from a different part of your brain. It's not the part that really controls you. Yeah, 100%. So anything you'd like to share that we haven't talked of, because otherwise I've got one final question. Anything you'd like to share with our with our leaders, Conrad? Yeah, not particularly. Like I would just add on like, you know, uh, just to that last question is is the other thing is just, you know, don't, don't doubt yourself so much, but also just be be coachable, right? And mm-hmm. if you always have somebody in your life that's coaching you, that's that's motivating you, that's holding you accountable. Because again, you know, it can be very hard to do that for yourself. You know, on your definitely own. Yeah. for me. So just be open to that. And again, that that's going to help you tenfold, no matter where. It is. Yeah. No, it's it, it is interesting if you look at. You know, that's why they're board of directors. That's why people have partners and co-founders and et cetera of, of organizations, et cetera, just because very difficult for, you know, the sole entrepreneur. And so, you know, one of the reasons our structure works so well is because we've got these amazing, amazing coaches. We call them district managers who provide an ongoing structure for success. And so I know a lot of times when people exit our program, you know, they don't do as well. And they don't do as well because they don't go and replace that structure. And so one of the things we, we coach them to do before they leave our, <laughs> is you need to replace this structure. So again, with another operator, so you can have a coach with a, you know, I know, and these structures so exist outside our business, you know, where, where, you know, like there's packs of our operators who work together. There's, um, uh, top performer groups or mastermind groups that that work together to provide that structure, and uh, you know it's there. It's just that that awareness that you know I need that. Um, you know, and again in organizations as well, people have again managers or accountants. You know, but a lot of times it's different. You know, or not not a lot of times. There's more accountability. There's less coaching, but recognizing what do I need to get the top performance out of me. You know, and then and then finding finding resources to, to to get that. So great point, Conrad. So Conrad, when you think of a leader of tomorrow, what do you think of? What comes to mind? I, I could just list off some names, like you know, like when I think of a leader of tomorrow, that there's so many different types of leaders, and that's why mm-hmm. it's so cool to to be in a position that I'm in because I get to see them every day, right? But a leader of tomorrow really is somebody that operates at a that very high level of integrity. 
you know, they're accountable to their actions and, uh, you know, period. Awesome. Awesome. So, uh, you know, Conrad, thank you very much for coming on the Leaders of Tomorrow. Uh, thanks so much for all your contributions to the business and most importantly to all the amazing operators out East, you know, just uh, such a such an incredible crew. And again, a really, really tough challenge that, you know, not that we gave you, but that <laughs> the world gave us, <laughs> you know, how to run how to run a team across provinces that I can't reach for, for weeks on end, you know? So, so really, really That's awesome job. New skills this year. That's for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, thank you very much for having me, Chris. It's, I know we've been trying to do this for a while. So. <laughs> well, things are slowing down a little bit, so we were able to make it work. So that's fantastic. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Awesome. okay take care. Talk soon. Bye. Hey leaders, I hope you enjoyed this episode. By now, you are aware that we work with ambitious students every single year to not only help them run their first successful business, but to further their development as a leader and give them an unfair advantage in the future over their counterparts. It's why starting now and only for the next few weeks, we'll be on campuses across Ontario, Quebec, and the East Coast interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down their path of entrepreneurship. If you think you have what it takes or know someone who might be interested, visit leaderspodcast.ca slash apply and start your application process today. Once again, it's leaderspodcast.ca slash apply. And I can't wait to see you on the other side.